0: Welcome back into another episode of George in the Jungle. I am Aaron Smith, joined as always by George Vogel. We're already through. This is going to be our eighth episode, George. It's is flying by, flying by.
1: I feel Should, much better this week.
0: Good, good. Should be our ninth. But uh, George was down and out for the count last week. But we, uh, we will get into your Bearcats, your Bengals, a little bit of baseball talk, and uh, your local look. Um, I don't know if there's anything FCC. You always have a little nugget or two. Um, but away it. we away we go.
1: So you were sick last week. I know you said you want to get into that. So we'll just get yeah, this I, out of the I way. I apologize because um, when you get to be my age, you think you're like an opossum, right? You can eat roadkill. Nothing's going to hurt you. you know, you've seen it all. You've had it all. Um, I thought I was past this food poisoning crap. I thought there was no way. And, and I'm a big concession stand guy. Like, if they're grilling burgers at a high school game, I'm getting one or a hot dog. And I was actually playing golf. And I don't want to name the golf course because I don't want to disparage them. They're great to me. Uh, but I did grab one of their hot dogs at the turn. And by hole 12, I'm like, something is not right. Something is not right. Somehow, I gutted out the end of the round. I got no pun home. intended. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there wasn't much left in there after I got home. Um, I made it home just in time. And that was Tuesday, the night we were supposed to do the show. And quite honestly, I helped. Well, I don't know. i want to get in too many details, but anyway, <laughs> on Wednesday night I was better again, but I just thought this food poisoning thing was over. I figured I'd had so much stuff so then, you know, you get gun shy about what to eat after you go through that. You're like, holy God. So I go to the, the high school game on Friday night and man, they're grilling some great burgers there. And I'm like, I got it. And then it's like, nah, I just can't do it yet. I'm afraid to eat anything, like anything if I don't make it right now. So I'll get over it in the next couple of days and I'll probably be back in a concession stand line this Friday night. But I apologize for last week but th- i mean i was in bed and i was hurting like really hurting i i just again i thought i was like an opossum i could eat roadkill and i'd be fine but apparently that's not the case not the iron gut you used to be huh yeah well yeah i i, I thought i had it you know pretty much under control but last time i had food poisoning it has been over a decade and that was a bad one, too. I had to lean on my boy, Kim Brew, to replace me at work. Uh, I felt really bad about that. It was on a Saturday, and he had to go all the way out to Manchester, Ohio, for some deal. And I had to call him and say, dude, I I, I am sick. We didn't have anybody do sports in the early show. And, and he had to get his butt back and cover me for the 11. And the other thing about that is the next day you're so damn dehydrated, you still feel like crap. And so it took me to Wednesday night where I was actually feeling like something like myself again. Uh, But yeah, all is well, and I'm glad to be back. Glad to have you back.
0: Well, thought we'd get started with a little bit of football talk, starting with our Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't want to get too much in the weeds on a game that happened a week and a half ago now. Right. um, But The last Bengals game, they did win 17-13, improved to 3-3. They are coming off a bye week. And next up on the list is the 49ers. Chris McCaffrey, after last night, looks to be back. Uh, he, He is not injured anymore. He has scored in 16 straight games. Now, uh, coming into this week, Uh, it sounds like Debo Samuel, however, will be out. Brock Purdy looks like he's come back to earth a little bit. Um, But the Cincinnati Bengals, they beat the Seahawks not by a large margin. and that was by the end of the day. It was not a pretty win. I'm not sure what is going on with this run game, why there is no – confidence in this run game to go and close out a game instead we're throwing the ball even downfield in a game that you're winning rather than running the clock out it was mind-boggling to me and some of the decisions that were made there late in the game Zach Taylor won despite himself getting in his own way and I don't know what to make of the end of that game truthfully.
1: Yeah it, it was uh, you know first of all Everyone, you know, should thank that defense for coming up with big plays when they did. And I know, you know, Seattle ended up with a decent amount of yards in that game. Mm-hmm. But when it push came to shove, that Bengals defense, like it did during that Super Bowl run, they made the plays to win the game at critical mm-hmm. moments. And that's that's been a mark of this Lou Anarumo defense is when they get up and they have to come through whether it be a sack like they did on that last play of that game, Uh, whether it be an interception in the red zone, whatever his defenses, whenever they're called upon to make a big play to kind of save the day, they've been doing it. Um, And some takes out on the past couple of games. and, And this goes for the season. And we saw this happening some with Cam Taylor Britt last year, that guy's emerging as a hell of a player in the NFL. I mean, he's,
0: a rising he, star.
1: Yes, he is bursting into a star before our very eyes right now. I mean, this dude can play and it, really good corner, physical, but he, you know, he can make the cat quick plays, get you the pick. Um, he is really turning into more than I expected, and I expected a lot, but this dude is, is really making some big time plays back there. And, and he's got a little bit of help back there. I still worry about those safeties and we see some things happen that, that, that you don't want to have happen, but thank God for that defense, even though, like I said, Seattle got some yards and went up and down the field some, but, but when that defense had the its back and make a play, they certainly did. And they're still getting that good, you know, fairly consistent pass rush. Um, and that, that seems to get better as the game goes on. Uh, so so I give it to them. They got to figure out this offense. And and you're right. Some of that play calling and and some of uh, is like, well, you know, why are you giving them this chance? Just get, yeah, game over with. Right. Get it
0: over with. I think they threw it. I think on that last drive, I, I believe they threw it two out of the three times. They threw it on first down. They ran it on second down because oh, we probably should have run it on first down. And then they threw it again on third down because now you've got yourself into a hole because you threw it on first down. Right. The whole sequence was very strange to me. And I didn't understand when you have the game in hand and literally all it takes is a first burn the timeouts, run, 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 Right. be predictable in that situation. It's okay to be predictable. Just run, 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 get the first down, run the clock, take the knee, get out of there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh I would like to say that lesson was learned, but I don't know the the and each game is different situation you feel like you can do things but you got to resist that urge you've got to resist that urge and, and and there are times you have to uh play those percentages and play it by the book and i know that's not a lot of fun sometimes for these coaches but to me if i'm a coach i don't care how i win i don't care how ugly it is and you know that's been God forbid I bring up the Steelers, but that's been their MO for as long as I have watched football is get a lead, grind it out. You know, they've always had these running backs. There was a time in the late eighties where they didn't really have that set up. But other than that, they get a lead on you. And especially if it's late in the, in the game, they're grinding that clock. They just, you know, put you in that grinder and they take it down and, and shorten the game and do what they have to do to get out of there with the win. And the only thing they care about is those final digits on the scoreboard. Now, Joe Mixon
0: averaged 3.2 per carry on his 12 carries, 38 yards. Not a great day, but what do we know about Joe Mixon? When you only run the ball with him 12 times, he's not going to get going. He doesn't, most running backs aren't going to really get going on 12 carries. No, especially against Seattle's defense. Seattle's defense, while it's not what it once was, it's also not bad.
1: Right. And and it's funny because some friends of mine I talked to before the games every week were like, do not, no matter what happens in this first half, do not abandon the run. Let's get mixing some carries. Let's get him going. If you hand it off to him on first down and he gets two yards, do it again. You know, or at least just don't give up on it. Don't give up on it because one or two plays get stuffed. And and that just kind of gives me a feel of what the Bengals do sometimes. And uh, I'm telling you, the, the, the second half is not going to be kind down the stretch as far as the schedule. It, it's, it's tough coming out of the bye when you're going straight out to San Francisco and, and taking on a wounded bunch out there that's lost two in a row. That's a team that was 5-0. and oh. Everyone's saying that's Super Bowl material. They're Super Bowl. And I still believe they are. They've got a lot of weapons and they've got a lot right. of, you know, the deep bows on defense, Warner on defense. They got good players. Um, and that's a team that – are they going to lose three in a row? I mean, that's going to be tough to hand them a loss out there. I
0: don't know about you. I don't personally want – a fully healthy Joe Burrow or a wounded Joe Burrow throwing 45 on average, 45 times or more the rest of the season. I don't. And the only way that you're going to get him throwing less than 50 times, less than 45 times a game is if you run the ball. I don't understand. And it's not, you signed Joe in the off season to an extension. Hi. Um, Hi. So he, he's not any longer a rental player. You made a money move essentially, but he's here. And what are we doing? Are you just not going to run? I don't, I also don't understand why Chris Evans is even on this roster at this point because
1: they refuse to let him touch the ball ever. Right. Um, You know, and, and then you look at some of those short yardage situations and they have had trouble there, whether they give it to Mixon or, or, or whoever, um, that's where I, I, and I've got a faction of friends they're like, for God's sakes, do something like you know, is Samaj P. Ryan available to come back here? Could you pry him out of uh, out of the hands down in Florida and get him back up here? What do you do? Uh, I mean he was he he was a good runner for them last year and he was great sure. in situations. He really was. And it seems like they're kind of missing that role this year they don't have that guy and they haven't figured it out yet um i wish joe could be that guy and i think joe's running really really well this year and and so i I don't know they got to get that figured out and i'm telling you what uh it needs to be figured out this week you've got orlando uh or denver yeah that's where (laughs) i don't know why i was thinking of bernard sorry it's I'm okay. Hard down there in Tampa Bay. Us old guys get confused. Well, and he he's not, no longer with Tampa either. He he retired, I believe. Right, right, yeah. But I just – former Bengals running backs, once they're out of town, they just kind of <laughs> – um, yeah, P. Wright's in Denver. And, boy, there's – I'm sure he'd like to get the hell out of there and come back here. Um, so maybe they can pry him out of there. I don't know. They need to do something. Uh, but I will say this. They need Orlando Brown this week. Uh, he didn't practice Monday. Uh, it's a groin injury, he re-aggravated. I think he says he'll play. I think he will. Uh, but they're going to need him out there against that Niners defense. I agree. And I, I
0: whether Orlando Brown plays or not, if you are running Joe out there, the more that you run him out in a passing formation, the more opportunity you are giving him to get hurried, hit by a defensive player, a lineman, a linebacker, whoever. I I just don't know why you refuse to run the ball. You refuse to use your running backs. Uh, Chase Brown gets one carry last week. Do you really know what you have if you're letting a guy carry the ball one time? I don't believe you do. Uh, Even with Joe Mixon, only 12 times. What are we doing? So I don't know. It doesn't surprise me that you're eking out a small victory when you're not running the ball.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. We've been talking about this for a long time, about the Bengals and the running game and how quickly they abandon it. Um, Started last year. Really. I, I feel like it's probably not going to change at this point. I really don't. So we'll see what happens. I mean, they're entering a stretch of games. Like I said, that they're not kind. I mean, you know, Buffalo looks vulnerable. They've got them at home. Uh, Houston, they should be able to win, even though they're playing a little better, but that game's here. Then you go to Baltimore. So this stretch of games, you got at San Francisco, at Baltimore, two of the next four games. Um, you're already 0-3 in the conference. You're 0-2 in the division. Uh, they got to get going here, and I know last year at this time they did, but you can't bank on that every year. You can't, you can't get in these holes and keep getting out of them year after year. Uh, maybe they can do it two years in a row, but uh, or make that three years in a row because I'm thinking of of uh, of the previous year as well. But you know they they uh, they still have a lot of football in front of them. Will they figure out that running game and, and being consistent with it? I doubt it, but when you have Joe Burrow and if his weapons are at his disposal, you can find other ways to win games. The trade deadline,
0: NFL trade deadline, is a week away on October 31st. you followed the Bengals far longer than I have, but I know as well as you do that this team doesn't usually make moves right before a trade deadline. Do you see this year being any different? And if so,
1: where would you go? Denver, <laughs> no, I would. I, I mean, mean, position know, group, I, don't, I don't. I Yeah. No. Well, um, you never have too many offensive linemen. Uh, is there somebody out there that fits that defense that they like? Uh, I, I feel like they're starting, um, you know, to get a little more out of the young guys in, in pass rush. But um, I don't know. Is there going to be somebody there that that might pique their interest? that could help them down the stretch. I I don't know. And then tight end, for goodness sakes, uh, somebody there would be. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's probably the top of the list when you think about that. And you look at some of these other teams and how they utilize the tight end and get a lot of mileage out of it. And that's kind of what the Bengals used to do once upon a time. And it, it would be nice to get a lot more production there. I don't know. Maybe that's what you go look for. I'd love to see him bring a Hayden Hurst back in or
0: yeah. I, don't, I don't know that that would be terribly difficult to pry away from Carolina at this point. Although I'm not sure the, the Bengals want his contract for next year um, at this
1: point, but we'll see. Yeah. They don't do a whole lot at the deadline. Obviously we about that, but it, it's been, you know, they, they've made moves here recently in, in recent years that they used to not make. Um, they used to not do anything. And I feel like that's changed over the past several years. It's certainly changed over the last three years. And so will they do something? Um, probably not, but I will not be shocked if they do. They do have a little different mindset than, uh, than what it used to be.
0: Time will tell. Um, as you're looking ahead to San Francisco, though, What do you think this team is going to have to do to get over the hump uh, as far as just win comfortably against a team that's good? I mean, obviously you win comfortably against the Cardinals, and we discussed that at length where you, you win in an NFL game, period, and be happy that you won an NFL game. But the Niners, as you've alluded to, they're coming off of two straight losses. They are NFL I won't say around uh, Super Bowl favorites, but they're they're really good. They're they're expected to make it at least into the playoffs, if not further down the road. Right. Um and when you lose to a team like the Titans, the Browns, I'm, I'm still not sure what this team is yet.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I I'm not sure what this team is yet either. Um so the 49ers. Out there, five and a half point favorites. Um, their back's kind of against the wall. Tall order for the Bengals, and uh, this is going to tell us a lot about the Bengals come you know from here on out, in my opinion, because the, the the offense has been other than the Cardinals game where they threw it to Jamar Chase, however many times it was 15 times, 14 something kept, absurd, that. yeah. Um, just keep doing that, I guess. If you have to, but I know we talked about the running game, um, but but it certainly worked out there. Will it work in San Francisco? I doubt it. But that that's certainly a guy you got to get the ball to a lot. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't feel good about this one. How do you feel about it? Because I, I just when when you look at what Seattle did, and I think the Bengals had under three hundred yards in that game. Um, I think the Niners are better than San Francisco, and you're going to be playing on the road. Hopefully in the bye week, the Bengals figured a couple things out. Um, You can't take that for granted, but it's going to be a tough, tough order out there.
0: Did you see what the over-under is for this game? No. 45.
1: Wow. And the Niners are favored by five and a half. Wow. (laughs) Well. I mean the the numbers lead you to that when you when you look at uh, those raw numbers and, and what the Bengals have been doing but um yeah I'm probably a little too much of a doomsayer here going into this game but it's
0: It's, <laughs> it's fair though the Cincinnati teams generally don't play well on the west coast.
1: Yeah, and I I I don't know what Joe's record is out there. Um he probably hadn't had a whole lot of action out there. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I didn't look that up, but um, you know, I I again Boston all that history stuff, all all that history stuff kind of went out the window when the Bengals got Burrow and Chase, and yeah. you know, T. Higgins came along. Um, it, it's a different bunch, it's a little different uh swagger to this team. And uh hopefully that's enough weapons for Joe out there. You know, you throw in Tyler Boyd, who I I I think that guy does not get enough uh, – maybe – I, I don't know. I don't know if he's appreciated enough for the way he stuck through the the, the thick and thin and, and Zach Taylor's first year and what a disaster that was record-wise and Tyler kind of keeping things together in the locker room, saying all the right things. I mean, he's standing there, you know, there two and whatever, talking about how, you know, he feels – that they're doing the right things and they're on the right path and and all this and I'm thinking, well, he also that went doesn't get paid he, enough to take this and and then he was
0: right. He also went from a number one to a number two to a number yeah, three
1: exactly. exactly without saying without saying boo. No, just going out there and doing what he's supposed to do and doing yeah. it week in and week out and uh, you know when 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 a big first down is needed on third down. That guy's always over the middle somewhere and taking a hit or doing whatever he's got to do to get that first down. So um obviously I'm a big fan of his and I, I don't know that they can keep him around after this year. I, I would love to see it happen, but um you can't keep them all. You can't. But that guy's been a warrior here.
0: I was happy to see him getting the uh getting some some work in against Seattle. Um yeah. I think I think that was the first time he's seen the end zone this season. If I'm not
1: mistaken, I believe you're right, and uh, yeah. very good to see uh, good things happen to people who who go through what he did and 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 sticking with the program the way he did because you know how that goes when things start going south. A locker room can come apart, uh, especially early in the tenure of a uh, you know a first time head coach, who you're like, what's this guy know and what has he done and and you know, but to Zach's credit, he helped keep it together too. I mean, he made these guys believers and got them to a Super Bowl. Now he's got to figure this one out. And, uh, that's why you get paid that big money in the NFL. You take the shots, you, you, you take all the hits from the fans and the media and try to figure it out. And he's still got plenty of time to figure it out. But you lose at san francisco and there's still a lot of football left but daggone the vibe of this season is not going to be good if they go out there and, and don't play well
0: Cam confirmed that is his uh, first touchdown of the season um so yeah we'll see and if, if it does go south against san francisco playing the bills right after a loss is not Going to feel great as opposed to playing the Bills after a win.
1: No, and the Bills have looked a little vulnerable of late. Um, You know, and I I like the fact that games here, um, you know, I I just, you don't want to go up there, even though they went up there and and were able to get it done up there last year. Um, You don't, you know, they just have a much better chance here at Paycor, in my opinion, than going up there and playing in front of what they call it the Bills Mafia.
0: Well, uh, looking around at the division as a whole right now, um, Cincinnati currently in last place at three and three. Uh, Baltimore at five and two, leading the pack. Pittsburgh somehow unbelievably at four and two. I still looking at that roster. I have no idea how in the hell they're two games over five hundred. Uh, Cleveland could well, say the I, same. I said before the season, I thought they would surprise people. No, Cleveland, that- Cleveland also at four and two without Deshaun Watson. I don't know how they
1: won that game. Uh, I, I don't know. That one is just, you know, and, and, and I, I, yeah, I can't Jerome, how the hell they beat the Niners.
0: Jerome Ford playing really well though, although he's going to be out for a week or two. Um, just another of the uh, many at this point, Bearcats in the NFL. Uh, but, Division's tough. The division is tough, and and losing against San Francisco
1: when you're already in last place, you, you really can't afford to do that right now. Yeah, it's the only division with a team without a team under five hundred. Bengals are at five hundred. Everybody else above five hundred. Um, and we knew that division was going to be pretty good. I wasn't sure what Cleveland was going to do. I thought, I mean, other than quarterback, where Deshaun Watson looked so putrid at the end of last year. Um, you knew they had a lot of good players up there. They do have a pretty stocked roster. Um, obviously, they lose the running back in the first week, and and that's a huge hit when you, you, loo- you lose a guy like Chubb. I mean, he's – I think the world of that guy. Um, but Jerome Ford has filled in well. They found other ways to make it work, and, you know, they've got a defense that has some monsters on it. Uh, it is. It's a tough division up and down. We see what Baltimore's doing in Baltimore. I mean, you know, and the, and the Bengals have to go there. That's the fourth game a- after the bye at Baltimore. That's going to be a huge, huge game. No matter what happens these next three weeks, that's going to be a big game for the Bengals. Then come back home and play those Steelers we talked about.
0: I feel like Lamar Jackson, they've been putting receivers around him now for what feels like the better part of the decade. And finally, finally, there there's, it's starting to pay off, I guess, at least for
1: one week. Anyway, it's starting to pay off Um, (laughs) one week, everything else. They've just kind of been ham and egg in it just to get enough points to win. But, but that's the thing. They just find ways to win. I mean, it's just, they're a tough bunch and, and, I wish I knew what it was they have, and you could bottle it because they just maybe have- they're stealing signs. Who knows? Well, should we get our man <laughs> <laughs> on to talk about? It. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. Was holy God! I bet he wouldn't come on this podcast now. Probably not. <laughs> what Probably a not. mess that is! Like, what do you do? Like, this is going to be uh, this is this is going to be a problem. Yeah,
0: um, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see if uh, the Ravens' pass game can hold up um, as as they have shown what they can be. I'm not sure
1: if that's sustainable or not. Um, as for saying, I'm saying it's not just based on past history. Um, I agree. But I don't want to jinx that. I don't want to jinx that, but I just I I just don't I I don't believe it's going to consistently be there. I, I just. You know, sometimes you have to beat me over the head several times before I get it. Um, but that one, I, I, I'm i going to have to be beat over the head several times before I say they're going to be a good, consistent offense through the air. I'm
0: just – I have no idea how Cleveland's winning without their $230 million guaranteed quarterback That's at the helm. Uh, absolutely bananas. Uh, but their defense is really good. And, again, their running game has been,
1: even without Chubb, has been more than serviceable. And you know a week ago when that dude's lining up for that field goal for the Niners to win it, and it's like he hasn't missed a field goal from this range and whatever. Kiss of death. Yeah, Yeah, that was it. It's like you know he's going to miss this one, and sure enough, he did. And then that game last night with the with the Niners, I mean, that was another one. They could have and maybe should have won that game. And you know, they're just blowing toes off left and right. And kind of reminds me of another team we talk a lot about. That being the Bearcats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about another NFL team. Yeah, no, um, I you know. Uh, and then of course pittsburgh is always going to be pittsburgh and they find a way to scrape and win and they will always make the playoffs for the rest of my life and right. i don't know why anyone bets against them to do anything but win
1: well i mean it, it's they find i don't know if it's luck or what i don't want to say it but you
0: know I, what it is but you're not you're not gonna say it because you're better than that
1: well they hit on chuck knoll back in the 70s then you hit on bill cowher now you hit on Mike Tomlin. Those are guys that just find ways every year to take what they got, throw them out on the field, and pick up wins. And, you know, back in the 70s with Chuck Noll, and, and, and especially when the 70s were over, and they got all those Super Bowl trophies, and, and, you know, the stories come out about the Pittsburgh system that had a lot to do with, you know, PEDs and Needles um it's like, don't forget cocaine well yeah that was probably more of the cowboys um, but, <laughs> but, uh but yeah they they get these coaches that that do this system that that the Steelers like and they stick with it they draft to it on both sides of the ball basically and and it's you know and they happen to draft some rothless burger guy out of miami who turned into a gold mine for it. i I don't know. Maybe some of it, some of it is luck that you you hit on guys like that. But also, when they get those guys, they take full advantage. They just know how to maximize and use them. And that that's that's an organization that had that system in the '70s, and and they st- they just know they draft to it. Uh, They know what they're looking for in their corners. They know what they're looking for in their linebackers. They know what they're looking for in in their their running backs, in their offensive linemen, and they go out and they scout and get those guys. They don't fit any round pegs in the square holes or vice versa. They just don't. They know the type they want, and they go out and get it. And as much as we uh, don't like to admit it, it's worked for – 50 years now. Our friend
0: Crip keeper here says uh the Bengals are 3% to win the division. I'm more confident now hearing that than ever it's time to go on a tear. who day we get this. We'll say if
1: they go on that we'll kind see. of run they did last year, I mean I never would have said they're going to rip off 10 in a row or whatever it was last year. Now, they do have the talent to do it. They really do. And if you get these guys in last year, you know, unfortunately for the Bengals, they lost those linemen going into the playoffs. And I still yep. believe if they had those guys, they get back to the Super Bowl. Um, it was that close. Uh, they still have these veteran linemen that hopefully by the end of the year are, you know, like a fine-tuned machine. A- and we'll see. Hopefully, you know, there's always going to be injuries. And and we talk about Orlando Brown Jr. dealing with one now. But, um, man, it'd be nice to get those hogs going up there as, as you get into the late schedule. And and then maybe, then maybe, maybe they will be running mixing to uh, your delight. I won't hold my breath. Enough to satisfy. I wouldn't either. <laughs> but we'll see.
0: That all said, let's switch gears. Let's talk a little bit about those Cincinnati Bearcats that shouldn't have any toes left at this point, having shot all of them yeah, off.
1: No, unbelievable. Uh,
0: The Bearcats drop another one to the Baylor Bears. It's now their fifth straight loss. It's now their fourth straight home loss. Um, I dropped this trivia fact last night, but do you know the last time the Bearcats lost
1: five straight home games?
0: Five straight home? They haven't yet, but do you know the last time they did?
1: God, I should know this.
0: It was in that same season that we discussed with uh, Mr. Minter. Coach Mentor, uh, the season that they beat the Badgers 99? in Nineteen
1: ninety nine. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's not good. So we're looking at Tulane. Can't lose another one. Tulane. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Because no. Miami was in there. So we're looking at Miami, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Baylor. Oh, Lord. Yep. Um, but they are headed into
0: Stillwater this weekend after having lost to a guy who's on the hot seat right now in Baylor. Um, they had every opportunity to win this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a shame that, you know, you give up another touchdown on special teams like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you early in the game, you go for it and, and, UC does not get turnovers, but they give up turnovers. They're like, I looked it up. They're 100 and something in turnover differential. Um, what is it? 105th out of 133 FBS schools um, turnover margin. And, and, and that's huge. You, you just don't win giving it away more than, than you get it. And that turnover on that kick return was absolutely brutal. It killed yep. them, but there's other things that happen too. So, uh, you know, fourth and one early in the game, and that may have been the first drive. You can take three points there, and and as much as we complain about the Bearcats special teams, they've been pretty good in the field goal thing other than the Miami fiasco, and believe me, Correct. I'm scarred from that. Uh, I, I still think in the back of my head, you can trust these guys to kick a field goal from anywhere. But that would have been, I don't know, 30-some-yard field goal. You take three points there. Instead, you go for it. And Coach Satterfield says the play was there, but there's a fumble. And then all of a sudden, the three-yard that, – that's the same as a turnover. I mean, you could have had the first down, but instead you fumble it, and that's the end of it. They take over on downs. That's another turnover in my book. So yeah. two, just absolutely point-killing turnovers – in that game and they get none uc gets none so that that's you can't win that way and we've been seeing it game after game after game um you know that there there were some positives uh but no one wants to hear about positives or silver linings you just don't i don't know how you have two running backs go over 100 yards and you lose the game i just don't i don't understand that um it just—it's it, the same thing we've been talking about. You and out drive. You, you have more yards by, at four fifty,
0: to, uh, three ninety six. They—they win that game again. Right. Um, it was the first drive, by the way, that they fumbled.
1: Yeah. It, it just—I you just sit there and go, how? It's happening again. That's happening. the big plays. Yeah.
0: When you get when you give up that many big plays, um the the deep ball to the a receiver who's in cover 2 and somehow has is is past your safety and catches it the arms extended. Yep. I mean, those types of plays have happened all year and it, when it hasn't been that play, it's been a pass interference that has led to a an extended drive on a play similar.
1: So I, and I know nobody has any sympathy for Coach Satterfield, but I had sympathy today when he was talking about like what you do to fix that because unfortunately it's kind of some of it's something different now. You know the the stuff with Smith back there returning kicks and and punts and whatever else. I I, I would find some other way at this. You have to, yeah. I would find some other way. I don't He did to, mention uh, that. Again, um, but but you just got to have somebody that can return those kicks that's not going to gift or add points to the other team, kicks and punts.
0: He mentioned Ryan Montgomery is back this week. Thank um, so God. That's good news. Um, he mentioned that towards the end of the presser. Also said that um, DJ, I'm going to mess this up. Uh, DJ Taylor yep. uh, is. He, he was one of the pack 12s leading returners last season mm-hmm. and he's on this roster. He has yet to return a kick or a punt for this roster, but he is on this roster and you do have an option to work him in. And Satterfield mentioned as much again, also at the end of his press or when he mentioned Montgomery, and those were the two names that he mentioned as guys that you could potentially when pressed on the question of, do you have any intention of subbing Braden Smith out? Um, mentioned both those names as guys that
1: sounds like they've at least been working them in the rotation. And you're right. You have to do something there. You just can't keep doing this and letting it happen. And God bless the kid. He makes plays everywhere else, but it's, it's just not his thing where, you know, all of us, all of us, all of us have an Achilles heel and that, and that's one for him and one for the Bearcats and, and hopefully they rectify that. Other than that, these other mistakes, though, is like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you do have a quarterback that's made some decisions and some things, but um, I, I don't, you know, you can't make a move there, not not full time. I think you got to start seeing what you got with these other guys yeah. real soon. I mean, I, I think you do have to give these other guys a little bit of a chance uh, coming up, maybe not in Stillwater on on, on a Saturday night eight o'clock kickoff on homecoming, We wouldn't do it. But you got to start thinking about seeing what you got with these other guys. And and they did see, you know, injury kind of force the issue, but they put that young linebacker in who played really well. Jonathan Thompson, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, eight played, tackles. Played really well. Um, you know, and then I think there's some uh, also – I would like to see a little more uh, – I would say switching out of some of those wide receivers as well. I just, I I think there's no um, as much as we rip on the quarterback and some things, there's also not a lot of separation. I mean, I'm watching Saturday. I mean, it's right in front of me and I'm seeing this guy throw and there's dudes draped on him. Now, sometimes at the end of the game, maybe a flag could have flown, but, but throughout most of the game, the guys aren't getting a lot of separation. And if it's, you know, and even a perfect pass sometimes is not going to be complete in those situations. And, um, you know, it's just, is it too late to figure it out? No, they can get some stuff figured out. But um, this season's definitely not anything anyone wanted. And I will say this before we leave any Bearcat talk. All this chatter about firing the head coach at the end of the year, stop it. It ain't going to happen. It's not happening. Uh, this guy was brought in. They're going to give him at least two, three years minimum, I would think. Um, and he's going to get all his money if they let him go before the end of 2025 anyway. I mean, it, it's not – it, and let's let's play this out. Let's stay. At the end, John Cunningham says, you know what? I'm mad about that season, two, and I want a new head coach. To heck with this. I'm blowing it up. I'm blowing Satterfield out of here. If, if you're the board of trustees and you got an AD that hired a guy last December, and this December he's firing that guy, don't you fire that guy, too? And now you got an athletic department that's in looking for an AD, looking for a new football coach, and you got a basketball coach who's got a couple darn good recruiting classes back-to-back. He's starting to stack up some stuff. All of a sudden, that guy's going to be like, what am I a part of here? Like, not to, this is a circus. Who you would you even go out and get? circus.
0: Who would you even go out and get? It's not like there's this large pool of coaches out there right now that you have your choice of.
1: Right. But I can just tell you, I don't care what anyone is hearing from Joe on the street or hey there is nobody in Clifton that sits in an office that matters that says we're going to get rid of Scott Satterfield after this season. It's you absolutely- can piss and moan all you want. You can throw beer cans. You can boo at the games. It ain't happening. Uh, one of the stats that I noticed this week uh, that's been a little
0: frustrating for me, you mentioned wanting to see some more receivers in there. Um Last week and this week, uh, in total, last week there were six receivers that caught balls. I believe two had one reception, if not three. Um, This week there was five receivers who caught balls. One had one reception. That was Corey Kiner with a negative yardage. And the other that had very little was Aaron Turner with two receptions for seven yards. I would love to see them spread the ball around to where it's – you, you can't just keep focusing essentially on three receivers, those being Shaman, Xavier Henderson, and Braden Smith. You yeah. have to spread the ball around. Other guys have to get involved. Now, obviously, you had Evan Prater. While you can't count it as a reception, you, I guess you can when he had the oh, two-point cool. conversion on, on the trickery. But this is why when you wonder what's going on with the, the passing game,
1: it's because you have – honed in on three guys. Yeah, and two of those three have been really, really good. And, and sure, that's been good. But you're right. You can't, you know, because when it comes to crunch time, what's the defense going to do? Those the are the guys. Right. And um, I, I almost wanted to see uh, this flies in the face of what we're saying, but the end of that game when they kept kind of dragging – shaman across the field and finding him on that underneath stuff on that last drive it's like just keep going to that well till they can prove they stop it and then came that ball down the middle to henderson that was incomplete then it's second and 10 and then what looked like a quarterback draw but it might have been like an rpo thing i don't know what happened there and 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 you know, Emory was stuffed for no gain or maybe a gain of one or a loss of one. Anyway, then now you're third and long, and it, it just fell apart from there, and that, that was a shame. Um, what was also a shame is that they did have – I think they still had two timeouts and enough clock that they were running the ball so damn well, they could have mixed in some runs, and I know I just bitched about a, a second <laughs> and quarterback run, but I may have run on first down there. I agree. Actually, I agree. And right, on the first again, down, I would have run. You'd kind of put yourself behind the chains. It also, yeah. it, it, it also keeps your defense honest. Yeah, it also keeps your defense honest. And let's face it. I mean, Saturday, the the running game was the strength. And when 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 it's go time, and you've got time to do it, and they did have time to do it, I, I was surprised they didn't run there and and then you know the ball's let go and I'm like oh no because there was double coverage there was little chance that pass was going to be completed so no. you know you end up losing by 3 they should have gotten down there and and had a chance to at least tie it but but that that that, that two point conversion play was funny that was awesome to see <laughs> I I didn't catch Evan's answer after the game. Is that the first time? It's got to be the first time. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yep. That was so funny. I'm looking at this. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen here, but this is kind of funny and entertaining, and let's see. And uh, (laughs) The defense thought the same thing. Now, you know, they've thrown it out there. They'll kind of know what to expect, but you can run a whole bunch of different stuff off that goofy formation that, that was sure. that, that was fantastic
0: uh so Cincinnati as you mentioned heading to Stillwater at eight o'clock on Saturday Oklahoma State has righted the ship now standing at five oh, and wow. two they have they've found their quarterback rather than running three quarterbacks out there they're down to one uh they found their running back as uh, old Ollie Gordon II is a problem, 288 yards last week. Um, he's you see him in that fourth quarter? He's really good. Oh, my God. Oh, he just put that game away. Four wow. touchdowns for him last week as well. Um, but Cincinnati, that, that does play into their strength. They have been very good at stopping the run. That said, if they can pass the ball as well, then all bets are off.
1: Yeah, well... It's a tall task out there, it really is, um, and, and you're right, this Ollie Gordon guy has taken off like a rocket now. He, mm-hmm. You know, he's like the old-school running backs that, that uh, Oklahoma State had back in, in the 80s have put up numbers. You you want to see something ridiculous. Look at Barry Sanders' numbers as a senior at Oklahoma State back in the 80s when he won the Heisman. It was like 2,600 yards and 37 touchdowns and 11 games. I mean, it's just – and this guy's gone crazy. So he had two touchdowns of 40-plus yards in that fourth quarter last week. He had another 40-plus-yard touchdown the game before. These last three games, I don't know what his total yards are, but it's a lot. Like he was well over 100 in every game, 280, whatever you said last week. So, yeah, we'll see if that – UC front can, can slow that down. Um, I ran into this today, and I thought this was kind of interesting about um, UC and Oklahoma State in the series. The last time they played, and this is stuff old goats like me, remember? Or so The last time UC played Oklahoma State was 1983 in Nippert State. It was in September, and I remember th- this came flooding back to me today. I had a big decision to make, that week and I'm like damn do I go to the UC Oklahoma State or do I go to the Reds game on Saturday night it's like well the Reds play 162 games I gotta go to this UC football game however the Reds game was Johnny Bench night Johnny Bench they brought him out in this I mean, this big white convertible, and then he walks through the wall, and then he's on the red carpet, and he hits a home run on Johnny Bench night. Sure. Well, of course he oh, does. Nippert Stadium. And then word spread, obviously, through the crowd at Nippert, like, holy crap, Johnny Bench hit a home run on his night, which was just super amazing. And I was kind of a big Johnny Bench fan growing up because I was a catcher, and obviously he was, and uh, – so, yeah, and you know who coached that Oklahoma State team? It Jimmy.
0: wasn't Mike Gundy, even though even though Mike Gundy's been there forever. Jimmy Johnson.
1: Now, you've heard of Jimmy Johnson. I have heard of Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> he was their head coach. And, uh, you know, if you want to – and people are, you know, they look at Scott Satterfield and his record. Jimmy Johnson was okay at Oklahoma State, but he got the hell out of Dodge after that season with an 8-4 and four record. Goes to Miami. He did all right there. National champion. Yep, did all right there. Won a national championship. Shoves off to the Cowboys. Did all right did, there too. Did, did all right there. You know, then, then hit the desk at Fox and hasn't looked back. And uh pretty interesting stuff. But yeah, September 17th, 1983 was the last meeting. And uh I didn't write down what the final was, but I know Oklahoma State won. And uh, in my mind, I was thinking Thurman Thomas was on that team. He was a great running back there, too. But but that was just before Thurman Thomas got there, who also went on to have a Hall of Fame career for the Bills.
0: Well, uh, the line currently for that Oklahoma State game is seven and a half, favoring Oklahoma State. The over-under on that game is 53.
1: How are you feeling on this one? I'm taking the Bearcats plus the seven-and-a-half, and And, uh, I don't want to touch that total. I don't either. I just don't want to. And I
0: I actually think that Oklahoma State's going to cover, and I don't feel good about this team until they give me a reason to feel good about them. Well, I, I think... Energy I, was good. Energy was good this week, and they they yeah. did feel like they were moving in the right direction for the first then, time in, in a couple
1: weeks. And I'll make this guy that that's not something that that's something that should be a given in my. You don't, opinion. Yeah, you don't like to get moral victories. I think moral yeah. victory is bullshit. But if you are looking I at do the, agree with everyone that felt like the Iowa State thing, there was something off. There yeah. was something off, and I don't know what it was. There was something off. That didn't feel like a UC performance, and in Nippert Stadium, and and I had the opposite feeling this week, this past week against Baylor, and in that fourth quarter, and they they fought their butts off. I thought something that really here's one that disappointed me after Byron Threats makes that big hit on that fourth down. I mean, he lit that Ryan. dude up. Yep. That stadium goes crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the, the it, it finally had a bigger scream than when that girl made that field goal. Between, that was fantastic too. That was so funny. <laughs> that was awesome. But the place goes bonkers, you know. And you know, the Bearcats take over, and then they couldn't do squat with that ball. It was like momentum, just boom, squandered, gone, kaput. That was disappointing and man when you get that momentum going like that i I, I don't know what happened right there and I, I can I probably have it somewhere on this sheet but it felt like there was a sack and something it just it just blew up in the test tube on him and and that's a shame because you got to take advantage of that kind of momentum and and that hit that was on the side I was sitting on and my god I, I swear I don't know how that dude wasn't still picking up teeth in the second half <laughs> he got rocked.
0: Well, we will see what happens. It is a a night game, and uh, we'll we'll see.
1: I'm predicting you will be surprised. I hope so. God, I hope so. Oh, God. Uh, It's a blowout. I'm going to kick something. That all
0: said, uh, I did want to bring up uh, the NLCS currently. Oh, did you have
1: something? What what, what are you doing
2: Saturday night, George?
1: Saturday? You know what? I'm not sure yet. I thought I was going to... So I thought my wife was going to rope me into some kind of Halloween thing, but I think that's off now. Do you, do you know what we do for away games, George? You go to the Holy Grail Holy Grail, with Jim Mooring and company. We do.
2: We have watch parties at the Holy Grail for away games. Right. And I might have an extra
1: chair at my table, maybe even two if you want to bring the wife. Okay, well, we may do that then. You're right across the river. I will, I will be in touch with you. I'll figure that out as soon as I can. Here's the problem. Open invite. What's that? We're 0-1 going to games this year. Yeah, I mean, look, though. If they if they lose, it's not like we jinxed them. We didn't have shit to do with it. We they do? lost five in a row. We I mean, didn't, that ain't on us. We didn't jinx Lloyd either because that – that no, and looks and significant
2: significantly team. better
1: they are loaded they yeah. are loaded they they had a couple kids that were very impressive
2: that titan could play like g5 yeah. like, that guy like, crazy what's his yeah. what's his deal uh he's, he's smaller he's only about six three so he's not what a lot of teams game. are looking for but boy he could
1: play yeah he's hard to handle that was he fun though play. it was fun i was Disappointed, I got my mojo back with a Ludlow win this week, though. They won district, so that was cool.
2: I mean, what if I told you that I have, you know, as part of our sponsorship deal, I have a tail? I'll be there. All right, see you Saturday night.
1: <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic.
0: So, I thought I'd bring up uh, the NLCS currently underway, it is in the bottom of the sixth. Arizona leads Philadelphia three to two. Uh, Arizona's record at the end of the season, as they are what nine outs away, I guess, from
1: making it to the World Series uh, 84 and 78. That gives me, and it should give every Reds fan a lot of hope. Also,
0: Philadelphia, they were only 90 and 72.
1: Yeah, and so were uh, the Rangers and the Astros. You know, you, you see. You know, the, the Braves and Dodgers got lit up, and it, it's crazy. All you got to do is get in. And if you have the right mix playing the right way at the right time, you can do this stuff. I mean, you just got to get in. And that's where a lot of people were frustrated with the Reds not making any moves at at the uh, deadline. And I did not want them to give up any of those young pieces. There were things they could have done, and maybe – but. And I don't want to say in their defense they thought you know Green Ladolo coming back and they thought you you can't have these injured guys and assume they're going to come back and don't put it, all your hopes and dreams yeah. on those guys. I yeah, agree. you can't because they're liable to go out in the bullpen session and re-aggravate the thing. How many times has that happened? It happened to Nick the entire year. It seemed like you How know, many guys on staff happened? currently has that happened too. I mean, you plenty so, of the relievers right so that's where the frustration is with fans and i sympathize with that That they didn't do anything to maybe get that extra couple wins that would have gotten them in because once you're there you got a chance and uh man hopefully they learned a little something from that and i, I i'm confident that they'll they'll make some some moves here in the offseason to to strengthen that part of the team and it's yeah. going to be exciting next year i mean i'm I'm probably a little more juiced up about it than I should be, but, um, and and I hated to see, I, you know, the, the rain, these series have been great. They have been a lot of fun to watch. Um, I love watching baseball. I love playoff baseball. Um, Dusty Baker last night, that might be it, man. He may retire now and he probably, he's 74. It's probably time and he should, who knows, but, I'm going to say this about Dusty, and I'll get hung for this by somebody. That dude should get in the Hall of Fame. I think he should get in baseball's Hall of Fame. No questions asked. Uh, 20, 26 seasons as a manager, 19 as a player. That's a lot of time invested in baseball.
2: I don't think there's any question now. Now that he's got a World Series, like now that he has sure. that, mm-hmm. like I don't think there's any question that he will go in. at he's like two points. He's got to. I
0: think he was going to make it even before the ring. I think he was going to make it. It
2: was going to be close. But now that he's got the ring. It's
0: got to be, right? He's got yeah. two,
1: doesn't he? Didn't he win two there or just one? I thought one. I, I was ringing one up for this year.
0: It, it was only one with Houston. Okay.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> And you know, and I get all this stuff in the playoffs yeah, he he went with San Francisco and didn't win a seventh game and all that crap. Huh? I'll check. I'll check if he won. Did he win one in San Francisco? I don't think so. I think his first one was with Houston last year or whenever it was. I honestly don't think he won one before.
2: Yeah, last year was his first one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, You know, the guy did a heck of a job here. And I know, I always felt like with Dusty, like he had a great way to get his team to the playoffs. And he was a great long-term manager. Like just, you know, his clubhouses were always great. He never had any issues. You know, you never had the tension. He just always had a way to get your team enough wins to get to the playoffs. It was just those when he had one game he had to manage, it just seemed like there was always something that didn't go right for him. And sometimes it's his fault, right? He's the manager. He's the guy making the moves. Um, I always go back to, you know, not letting Chapman pitch, pitch another inning in that uh Giants series back in 2012. That one still just rankles me to this day. But I, I would be like, Dusty should manage the whole season, and then when the playoffs start, he should have a right-hand man that gets to make the moves in the <laughs> games, and he gets to take care of the clubhouse. But I can't say a damn bad thing about him ever. He was always great to talk to, incredible knowledge. Um, first time I met him, believe it or not, was in a bar downtown, and he, I think he was maybe managing the Cubs then. And I just happened to be sitting there. This dude sits down next to me. With a toothpick in his mouth and it's dusty so we sat there and just started shooting the breeze and he was all excited because i remembered him with the atlanta braves when he played with ralph gar hank aaron um davy johnson was on that team they had a team that had like three guys hit 40 plus home runs no big deal yeah it, it was it was amazing and he was all fired up about that and uh we were both big ralph gar guys if you ever have a chance looking up. He was a, a high average guy. Ralph Garr was a fun guy to
0: watch. Uh, some breaking news that I wanted to drop here before we get into uh, some little stuff. Uh, Tom Pellicero put out about uh, 25 minutes ago, the NFL communicates with teams on a weekly basis about various calls. Team officials are prohibited from commenting publicly on those discussions. Now a team owner has publicly said the league admitted to officiating mistakes. Stay tuned. Mike Chappelle went on to say, Jim Irsay also revealed NFL admitted it made mistakes at end of Brown's game. So it's one of those, sorry about that, deal with
1: it. Yep, we know all about that. And, And that was fairly obvious too, right? Well, I'm sure ours, ours ours was probably after the Super Bowl when they fucked up that call. Oh my god, the Logan Wilson thing. Yeah. Oh my god. That that hurt. That hurt. And, you know, there were plays missed both ways, but in that situation.
0: Uh... Anyway, uh, just interesting that they they're. they're... Not allowed to talk about it, and Jim Irsay is not one to follow the rules. And-
1: no, he's not. And in fact, God knows what he's ingested tonight. Um, so he's liable to say anything. I don't know. He really is. Any FC Cincinnati news? They're waiting back. They're sitting back, waiting for the winner of Charlotte and New York Red Bulls, and then it's on to the you know their first playoff series. Uh, that will ever. They they, they they yeah. Well, not ever. They at, they- at this level. Yeah, they, uh, they well, first home playoff. Okay. They have, they have the home field advantage. Uh, game one will be Sunday night for them, and the game between New York and Charlotte tomorrow night, kind of like the wild card deal. You win and yeah. then you go to a three-game series in this next round. So uh, FCC with the home, home field advantage. High school football, Ohio playoffs begin this week. Oak Hills versus Elder on the west side, Sycamore Hamilton, Mason Lebanon, those are the close since they went to 16 teams in each region in Ohio, like one versus 16. That's, you know, going to be a lopsided game. So it's those middle seeded games you kind of look at. Although Turpin Anderson in Division Two, that's just such a hot rivalry. LaSalle Wenton Woods again in Division Two. Kings Loveland's a good one. Redding, Indian Hill, and in Division Four McNick at Eaton, Division Four, those should all be pretty darn good games. McNick playing, you know, very well. Their records like five and five, but when they play schools at their level, they're tough as nails. Um, Kentucky, Lloyd got back on the winning track last week. <laughs> Urban County, <laughs> they went down there and and had all the bourbon they needed. They won big. The quarterback was healthy. Remember
2: the 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 girl I the girl I was talking to, her son had been out all season with a broken collarbone. He came back and threw for two forty five and I think three touch two three touchdowns in his first Ooh, game of the season. That's interesting. so now they got a little passing game. Yeah, now that makes him a little different. Now that quarterback moves to running back, and they can throw the ball a little bit. So nice. we'll see
1: with the Jugs. Nice, and and they did lose a player in that game too. That little dude got hobbled. Uh, the game we were at. Not that it would have made a difference, but it did hurt him a little bit, I thought. Covecath going for a perfect season, perfect regular season. And, uh, oh, Ludlow won the district title last week. I was at that. That's where I passed up on the Panther burger, but I won't do it (laughs) again. I'll have it next time. Fair enough.
0: Well, that, I think, is going to wrap up another episode of George in the jungle. We are glad that you are back and in good health once again,
1: my friend. And P. rhyme with Denver. Bernard was with Tampa Bay, but he's done. Yes, I felt bad for him last year. It didn't end all that well for him. He took that. He took the fall on that special teams gaff. Remember they made that call on yeah. that. Yeah, and the, and the weird, the and weird his locker room. Fault. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't his fault, but he took the yeah. he. I'll tell you what, that dude was always, always a great guy, and I I swear by him. Well, join us next week as we do another
0: episode of George in the Jungle where we cover your Cincinnati sports. But until then, for George Vogel, I'm Aaron Smith, and we're out of here. Thank you, Aaron.